this is Dr. Liz with the Hypnotize Me podcast. And this month we're focusing on goals. A lot of people call these New Year's resolutions, right? They make these resolutions. I call them goals. And I've done a couple of podcasts about how to achieve goals because it's one of my favorite topics. And I truly believe hypnosis also helps you get there. But today I'm really happy to introduce Ralph Campbell and interview him on the podcast. He has spent 23 years in really high performance leadership positions. He's a personal and professional coach, and um, he's been honored just over and over and over again. He co-founded two separate leadership training development companies, and he was named as one of the 50 most powerful African-Americans in 2012 in Palm Beach, Broward, and Miami-Dade counties. Those are huge counties in South Florida. And he's also been honored by the Broward County School System. That's one of the largest school systems in the United States. So he has quite the um, rack of honors behind him. And he was gracious enough to be on the podcast today and talk about this transformational model of coaching that he has founded and really put together this really unique topography of it. One of the reasons that I thought he would be a really good person for my listeners to hear about and hear about his model is also how he used hypnosis at a critical point in his life to help him clarify where he wanted to go in terms of his own personal goals. He talks about that during the interview and how supportive it was of him. So let's get started. Let's jump right into what you you do currently. And then I'm going to ask about how hypnosis helped you get there. I've known Ralph for um, a year or two, I would mm-hmm. say, right? Yes. Yeah. I've actually been aware of his presence much longer than that, just from like seeing him different places, you know, show up on my Facebook feed of friends of friends and all kinds of stuff. So um, we both went through this transformational training at different times in our lives, but we've both been through that training. And so that is our connection. Um, and I understand we, we had talked before, he had hypnosis quite a few years back, but he felt like it really helped him change his life and accomplish the goals that he wanted to accomplish. So we're going to talk some about what you're doing these days and then also jump right into how hypnosis helped you get there. Great. Okay. So tell me what you're doing these days. Like what is your, your big project? <laughs> well, about six, seven months ago, I started my new company called Ralph uh, at 2.0 and it's a performance consulting company. And I've done a lot of personal development work on myself over the last 16 or 17 years. And I've always been in some coaching capacity with people. And so what we do is we work with small organizations, mainly in Broward, Dade, and Palm Beach counties. Uh, governments, nonprofits, individuals, and we support them in elevating how they perform in their individual lives and as far as their uh, and how their company operates. Okay, so the focus is both their personal life and their professional lives. Correct. Correct. And how often do you see those two intersect? Well, it's really a, a combination. You know, most of my clients are organizations. So the personal life becomes a byproduct of what we're working on. So it really, you know, we go in because the organization has something that they want to, to elevate. And 
it begins to manifest itself in obviously personal effectiveness, which is at the root of all of it. Okay. So the personal effectiveness really is at the root of professional effectiveness. Correct. You see. Correct. Okay. So then there, there tends to be quite a bit of overlap there. Like let's look at what's holding you back from really performing professionally where you need to be. That's correct. What I found over the last um, these 20 plus years that I've been doing coaching when I and I started three other companies. I was a CEO of a big company in Broward County as well. And so I've always been coaching people. And what I found was that people never uh, were able to get to what the root was of what got them, quote unquote, stuck in their professional lives and personal lives. And it was always, uh, I call it the yo-yo diet coaching. <laughs> the, next, the next Tony Robbins seminar, the next self-help book, the next uh, website, the next um, you name the next book to read, the next software we're going to download and use to be more effective. But that never got at the root. And so the problem began to always show its ugly self again. And so one of the things I always promised myself that if I went on my own and I started doing personal consulting was I would come up with a methodology that supported people getting at the root. So we're not doing the Band-Aid, that we're actually looking at what's causing me to be this way and how our business continue to go in this vicious cycle. And so really, I'm a, I get to the root, we work on getting to the root of the issue. Really interesting. So can you give us a brief synopsis of this methodology that you came up with? Yeah, you know, it's interesting because I do a lot of reading and uh, one of the persons that really interests me, her name is Nicole Merchant. And Nicole in 2015 is uh, elected to a group or uh, it's called Thinkers 50, and there are the quote-unquote top 50 thinkers in the United States or nationwide, depending on you know whose point of view you look at. And she had a phrase that she coined, and she's got a new book coming out. The book is going to be called, and it may be out by now, but it's her phrase is called uniqueness, and or excuse me, onlyness, onlyness, onlyness. Okay. And I never heard that word before. And it's basically it says, um, I'm paraphrasing that we're all special world unique based on our own worldview, based on our own experiences, our upbringing, our relationships we form throughout our life, and that there's something powerful and unique that we bring to the party every day uh, based on our own dreams and aspirations, and that we all have our own, um, some people call it the emotional fingerprint, that's only one thing that Ralph does, especially to his practice, that makes his work profound or make a difference with other people. And so i do a lot of reading and a lot of, lot of workshops in the 90s. I did Life Spring and I did Landmark Forum. I did Radical Honesty with Dr. Blanton and the list goes on and on. And I was a certified junkie. <laughs> and That's great. I say, that, I say that jokingly because it was the most powerful experience uh, of, of my life to kind of learn about myself. And so I began to develop my own methodology, which we call obviously the Ralph 2.0 methodology. And at the root of it, was people live mainly out of two, two contexts. And this is just an idea, so it's not the truth. I want your listeners to just really be aware of that, that I have a belief that we live out of two contexts. And one context is this quest for rewards, right? The next promotion, the next car, the next marriage, more money, like the more, the more, the more. And we get psyched about this reward. And so we're always on a quest, I call it the quest context, right? We're always looking for something new to empower us. And then the other context is that human beings are always living in this survival context. Like we're always trying to protect ourselves 
And if you go back in time, it's really trying to not be hurt, not be harmed. And so everything we do, we organize our thoughts and actions around really not really protecting ourselves. And so usually if you look for yourself and organizations look, usually those two are always the loudest. If we begin to dissect companies' patterns, it's usually, yeah, we're on to the next thing, but we never perfected the first thing we did. Mm-hmm. The second thing is we're acting in such a way because we're trying to protect ourselves from something that we fear uh, is going to hurt our company, it's going to hurt our employees. And so I really, that's the heart of our methodology is uncovering, you know, what this is for them that they've created this, uh, I call it a topology. And I call it a topology that we live in, we work in this cycle. And so there's the topology is a loop. Mm-hmm. It's a loop. And so we live in this topology where we have something that happens. I call it a cue mm-hmm. that triggers it. And then there's something that we do, right? We, people call it a habit. We start doing it repeatedly. It's the action I do. And then I have, which is the main part of the context, this reward I'm shooting for, which is why I'm doing what I'm doing, right? I, I get something out of it. There's some payoff I'm getting, some reinforcement. And mm-hmm. so then I, then I get my reward. I lose weight. I gain weight. I, or I lose weight. I have this new relationship. And then I have this feeling that comes to me, right? I'm excited. And then it goes away. And then it takes me that trigger again to go back into that topology. And topologies are both both healthy and unhealthy, right? People Mm want to lose weight, they get into topology. So what's my cue? Well, my cue for me is I put my gym shoes by the door. So Mm -hmm. I wake up, there's the gym shoes. So then Ralph goes to the gym. Ralph works out. Ralph comes home. And my reward is, yay, I get to have that that banana and a donut. (laughs) Yay. (laughs) Right. Right? I work. It's a reward. Even though the donut's unhealthy, Mm -hmm. it goes goes against losing actual weight. But it's not so much about the the thing I want as it isn't much about the cycle I'm in. And Mm -hmm. I think human beings understand the topology that they're in every day, then they can do something about it. And for me, I never got answers. I always got, you're just doing what you're doing. Get over yourself. Just, you know, keep, keep at it. Mm-hmm. And, um, most of our practice, we focus on, well, okay, I'm in a topology of getting promoted at work. And so I, ha- I know what my cue is. I know what I'm doing. And I know I have this reward. But is what I'm doing supporting me getting what I want? And a lot of times we'll find out it's not. Mm-hmm. So we have to switch the cue and put a different uh, uh, put a different cue in place, but most people don't know that they're living inside of this topology. And topology is very very powerful. If you just look at your life and look at the cycle that you're in, look at your children. We all operate in this. What's the reward? And at mm-hmm. the found, and at the foundation of it, uh, Dr. Bonnet, is that we release what I call the happy chemicals. When one gets a reward, we release several chemicals, mainly dopamine. And mm-hmm. dopamine, dopamine is released right before that reward, and that gives us energy. And that I'm going for my reward, and then I get the reward, and then it, a body releases dopamine. That's that good feeling people say. People say, oh, I feel so great today. I just worked out. Well, endorphins were released, or dopamine was released. I got this reward. Right. And then we metabolize it. We burn it, and it goes away. And I go, oh, I'm, I'm not as happy today, doctor. <laughs> and people can't get to the source of why they're not happy. It's not their problem. Mm-hmm. It's that we metabolized this chemical, but it all happens in this topology. So it's kind of complex. Mm-hmm. I, Interesting. I, I explained it, but that's that's in a nutshell. That's kind of our that that is our methodology. 
Uh-huh. Is really identifying, okay, that topology, what's the cycle going on? Mm-hmm. Where can we change that so that it's more productive for you so that you can accomplish what you really want to accomplish, both personally and professionally? Correct. Okay. How do you see hypnosis fitting into that? Well, I stumbled upon hypnosis. You know, this going back 13 years. At the time, I was number two at this uh, insurance agency in Broward County. I had just had twin boys about, they were like two months old mm-hmm. and I was in my second startup. We had been in business for about a year. So I had three big projects going on at the same time and I was stuck. I didn't, I, I was working 60 hours a week at the insurance job, twin boys that I didn't expect. I expected one, didn't expect two. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then I started a startup a year before where I was working all my weekends so I was, you talk about a hamster on a wheel. I didn't know if I was coming or going. And I pride myself on having a lot of smart people in my life and a lot of great coaches and mentors. And I couldn't figure it out. Right? I couldn't, quote unquote, not a word, unstuck myself. Mm-hmm. And a person said, hey, go to this individual and get hypnotized and possibly you'll find maybe some answers. And I was a skeptic. I'll be honest with you. I had this interpretation that something was wrong with people that got hypnotized and the woo-wee movement and that mm-hmm. no empirical evidence that it worked. And, you know, I come from an educated family. All my sisters have PhDs or JDs. So it's, you know, all about give me that evidence. Mm-hmm. At, that, at that time, 13 years ago, um, it, it, it wasn't mainstream. Um, and I don't think it still is mainstream, my, my opinion, but it's a lot more than it was if I go back 13 years. Yes. Yeah. It's so definitely it, more mainstream now. A lot more, a lot more mainstream. There's a lot more research now. Well, yes. Wow. A lot more research yeah. and data. Again, I was naive and that was my own, uh, you know, my own stuff. And so I went to this person to help me. Mm-hmm. And so he put me under and I had the breakthrough actually occurred about a week or two after. And I started getting clear about this stuff the three main projects that, that, I, that I couldn't figure out what to do with them. And what it helped me realize was, A, it got to the root of what was causing me to be stuck. And remember I said most of the, my work never got me to, to an answer. It mm-hmm. always got me to more explanations. They're always describing what to do. I call that interpretive language but it didn't give me any access to get to the root of what was causing the problem or the upset. Mm-hmm. And so I got to the, the breakthrough and the breakthrough for me was real. It's simple today that I talk with people about, but it's very complex and one has to dissect themselves to get to it. But for me, it was two big things. One, and this is just my personal belief, you cannot prioritize your commitments. And what I mean by that is we have all these to-do lists, Right. And that's, mm-hmm. called, that's called prioritizing commitments. One, two, three, four, five. And they have a lot of research on this, millions of papers written, that that doesn't work. What works typically is you do about 30 to 40% on a great day. Mm-hmm. That goes away or you recycle it. And but that's what I was doing. I had these three big projects and I had them with these levels of commitment. And what I found out through my hypnosis is that you can't prioritize them. You have to choose what matters most. Mm-hmm. Not in judgment, choose what matters most. And so the two that mattered most at the time, A, was my day job, that's how I'm going to pay for my children, and B, were the kids being born. 
So I let go of the company I founded or co-founded, Summit Education. It's still around today. It's doing awesome. And I divested myself and I was no longer an owner in doing the day-to-day work and all the weekend work I was doing. And then the second was, I said, having it all. So it was having two versus three, but it's still the context of you can have you can have both and, mm-hmm. but just choose the commitments you're most that's most passionate to you. And I have a word for having it all. And the word I've come the word I come up with is called dignified work. Mm-hmm. And the definition of dignified work is work that brings meaning to a person's life. Yes. So having it all and dignified work. And so I put myself on this journey of I'm only going to be in situations moving forward where I'm having it all, right? All the fun that comes with it and joy and passion and aliveness. And then two, that work has to be dignified work. It has to bring meaning to my life. And that's part of a methodology that we use at Ralph 2.0 is having people find things that bring dignified work to their life. Yes, absolutely. So that sounds fantastic. Like it sounds like a real growth process for you that happened. It sounds like you really got to the root of it. And it sounds values-based too. Like what Mm -hmm. matters to you most? Okay. For you, it was really supporting your kids, Mm -hmm. supporting these two new beautiful lives that were in the world and doing something you're passionate about. And not being distracted by, you know, this company, this company, and this company. Like particularly entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. definitely the ideas flow, right? It's so easy. And you know, <laughs> like why? I'm going to start this and I'm going to start this. And before you know it, you're overwhelmed. And just, and just to add on, the bigger thing besides that breakthrough was the result, right? You can talk mm-hmm. about people doing things, but until there's a result, a lot of times people have interpretations that maybe that didn't cause it. Maybe it was something else you did, or maybe it was by accident, right? Mm-hmm. And for me, uh, seven or eight years later, I became the CEO of that insurance company. So that's a result. Because mm-hmm. I didn't know what I was going to do that when the kids were born. Maybe I was going to leave the insurance business. That was one thought. So I became mm-hmm. the CEO about eight years later. And then, of course, the boys are kicking the 13 years old, they're being boys and they're going through the trials and tribulations, but that's always a joy. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's a, those are two re- tangible results. You could say that they came out of that, that one hour, hour and a half meeting. Right. Wonderful. That, that really sounds transformative at the time. Yes, it was. You. So what do you, what do you advise someone? Let's say you're working with, um, you're going into an organization and you're trying to help them get unstuck by looking at the root cause of what's going on by using your method, the Ralph mm-hmm. 2.0 method. Mm-hmm. And you really discover that um, this isn't a good fit for somebody. Right? What kind of process do you use with them in terms of guiding them of like, hey, um, you know, something needs to change here. The path needs to change. Like, do you find resistance to that sometimes like oh I'm clear that this is what I need to do but I I can't make that change how do you help them get over that hump yeah the the good news is that I am very picky on the clients that I take on because a lot of people are set in their ways and it's natural to be set in our ways and I think that a lot of coaches and consultants they get stuck there because they're trying to fix somebody like you Mm -hmm. need to you need to know this. You have to understand this. This is powerful. And that doesn't give anybody access because habits are formed over time, as you know, and they become embedded in our brain. 
we're wired. And this has been proven scientifically. Mm-hmm. You cannot erase that which you've learned. You cannot unlearn something. That's, that's impossible. And it's been proven about a billion times. You can only learn something new and leave behind that which you've learned and honor it. You always have it, but it doesn't have you. Mm-hmm. And so I look for people that their why matches my why. So then it's gotcha. the friction is already gone. They understand that they can't get there from where they are. And mm-hmm. perhaps I have something to offer that will support them. And so a lot of coaches live in the survival context where they'll take on anybody and then they start button heads and the egos and it's just not a win-win. So mm-hmm. there, at this stage in my life, remember I said that it has to be dignified work. It has, yes. to, it has to bring meaning to my life. And therefore, hopefully it's going to be bring meaning to your life. Mm-hmm. And so once we we get past that, I go into my methodology. And the first thing I work with people on is having them understand how performance works. And when I use the word performance, I use it loosely because it's a very powerful word. Performance and the definition I'm using on anything that I'm doing, any action that I'm taking, I'm performing. Working is performing, running, uh, anything that I'm doing in, a, in the action form, Ralph is performing and that employer or employee is performing. And so I have them look at one, that how situations occur to them arises in language. Mm-hmm. And how they perform is all out of how they see themselves or other people. And some trainers say fact versus interpretation. That's an e- easier way to say it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, here's what happened and here's what I made up what happened. Mm-hmm. So we first work on the first step of how things are occurring to me is how I'm seeing them. And how I'm seeing them, I have it as a fact. And they have to come to that grips. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's the reality. Okay. And then I work with them going, okay, if how situations occur to me, I'm interpreting them, then how situations occur to me arises in my language. Okay, that makes sense. Yes. Mm -hmm. How how I'm seeing it arises in what's coming out of my mouth. It also arises in language I call the unsaid language, which is more powerful than the verbal or linguistic language. And the unsaid language, the definition I'll give for that is any action of symbolic intent. Any action of symbolic intent. Examples. Disappointments. That's an action of symbolic intent. Mm-hmm. Uh, judgments, uh, interpretations, um, resentments. So those are the unset body language, tone of my voice, my eyebrow going up, rolling my eyes, mm-hmm. pictures, drawings, how people dress. So that's the unsaid language. And so I work with people on, okay, how you see it arises in language. And to transform your organization, you have to adapt and learn to develop what I call future-based language. Future-based language transforms how I see things in my organization. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to give you a quick blurb on future-based language. Future-based language, or we call declared language, um, they come in what we call speech acts. Dr. Mm -hmm. Fernando Flores in the 70s coined this and made it famous in California in the 70s and the 80s. 
and a declaration would be a speech act. A speech act. So that's mm-hmm. future-based language. A promise is a speech act. That's future-based language. A request, a commitment. And so I work with groups of people on rewiring their language so that it comes out verbally or non-verbally as future-based language. So then they begin to have different interpretations through their language of what they want their company to look like. Yes, absolutely. And, so that's, and their personal lives, I'm imagining. Everything. Everything yes. out of the, those three steps I take people through. How I see it, uh-huh. that's how I'm going to act. How uh-huh. I see it comes out of language. Yes. If I want to have a different result, I have to start with different language. And people, other, a lot of coaches, performance coaches, they focus on the action one would need to take. Mm-hmm. Do this, Ralph, and here, read this book, and go drink this water, and go la 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 la. Go, go forgive your mother, and your and that's that's okay. To me, it doesn't get a source of it, right? That's only putting a band aid on it. Mm-mm. You need to go start rewiring your language and start making these declarations into the unknown. A lot of people talk about leadership and management. When they're talking about leadership, they're talking mainly about management. They're describing. Mm-hmm. Right, I can hire and fire you. That's a management function. Budget's a management function. Right. Uh, you know, the leadership it, leaders create what isn't. So the leader's job is not to manage the books, not to do the hiring and firing. That's a manager. Leaders create what isn't. They bring the impossible, make it possible. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, we do this. We do this in hypnosis. We okay. use, often use future-based language. Okay. Great. Of, of already seeing someone and implanting those suggestions of like. You are already there. It's a given, mm-hmm. right? And let, let's put that into the transformational process there. Not, oh, I'm going to get there and I'm going to do this to get there. And, you know, yeah, people need to take those steps. But let's see yourself there already. Let's, let's make that declaration. Yes, you got it. Yeah. Fascinating. And there's a big body of work on future-based language that a lot of people aren't privy to. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was talking to a gentleman a few days ago, a psychologist I was interviewing for my own show, and he said because it's just not popular, it doesn't, it doesn't sell books, right? <laughs> yeah. he be honest. He goes, it just doesn't sell books, right? Mm-hmm. What sells books is uh, the artsy stuff and the drama and the stories and the, and the fix it and, and, you know, look at the diet books. There's, there's about 40 yeah. that come out every day. Right. But I'm still overweight. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting. The, um, the episode that I, I'm doing on goals is about like when you're writing your goals, you write them as if they already happened. Mm-hmm. That's future-based language. Correct. Yes. Declaration. Like, not like I'm going to, you know, drive a new car in six months. It's like in six months, I am driving a new car and it feels really nice and, you know. I love the color or whatever that is for someone, right? Yeah. And to be, type to be, of thing. Yes. And to be an effective coach, you've really got to participate in your own learning. Mm-hmm, That's absolutely. one of the things, all of our consultants, we go through some rigorous training with ourselves on our own learning. And I'll, I'll give you a funny one. One of the parts that I did is I, I, I wanted to solve a Rubik's Cube. You remember the Rubik's Cube? Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> and when I was a young boy, we had a Rubik's Cube and we used to cheat and we would pull the stickers off of it and we never had a we didn't we didn't have a book and only yeah. a few kids could solve it and and I don't know if you know this but it was invented in 1973 by a gentleman in Hungary and it's actually one of the top 10 toys still purchased today in the world wow 
And it was more of an experiment he did for a class. And it took him a month to solve the Rubik's Cube. So I wanted to practice my own learning because I've been working on a lot of different learning styles. Mm-hmm. I got this cube. I downloaded the book. And I'm like, oh, I am too old. I'm 47. I cannot solve a Rubik's Cube. Mm-hmm. And my kids were going away for the summer. And I told them, I said, when you get back in three weeks, daddy will have this cube solved. Future-based language. Yes. And they got back, and I'll have to send you the, the tape because they recorded me when they got back in town. I solved the cube in about two and a half minutes. Awesome. But that was future-based language of me putting the declaration <laughs> out there and then figuring out who I needed to be, what I needed to do to do it. So that's the example. Yeah. And I have evidence. So it's different than telling you about the book to read. Uh-huh. But if I don't have a case study on myself, I'm not as powerful as I am if I did it myself. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with that. So we are running up to the end of our time here. It has been a real pleasure to hear about your process and it's definitely unique. I, I think it absolutely uh, differentiates you from you know, the average coach going along, right? Doing their stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, sounds fascinating. Is there some place that you can point listeners who want to learn about how to work with you? They can, they can email me. For now, okay. until we, and my email is Broward, like Broward County, mm-hmm. 621 at gmail.com. Okay. So Broward621 at gmail.com, and I'll also put those in the show notes. Great. I know you're also launching a website. It should be out by the time this airs. That's correct. And that's Ralph2.0.com? That's correct. Ralph at 2.0.com. Ralph, Ralph at 2.0.com, yes. Okay, and I'm going to put that in the show notes as well so people can click right over to it. Awesome. I appreciate your time. Any other resources that you want to give right before we end? Yeah, you know, um, there's some books I would highly recommend, maybe your readers that like to read. Uh Um, The one book I'm reading now is called The The Power of Positivity, Mm -hmm. and that's by Dr. Lorena Bruning. Great book. The Art Art of Learning. Mm -hmm. That's a powerful book. Um, Talent Code by Daniel Cole, Talent Code. Okay. And then one last one, uh, The Believing Brain. Interesting. That's by Michael Shermer, The Believing Brain. That's just some of the stuuff that I'm engaged in. So I want to get that to people. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you. And have a wonderful day. You too. Bye-bye. What a wonderful interview with Ralph Campbell. I really enjoyed myself. I had a couple of takeaways. One is I enjoyed hearing about his transformational model of professional coaching and how the personal affects the professional. Like that is so true. You know, everything we do, even in terms of our body language and the way we speak, all of that affects the professional and our ability to succeed and feel good and happy about our professional lives. So that was really interesting. Another thing that I love, and you could see how much I enjoyed talking to him about it, is the future-based language and setting goals in future-based language. That is something I talk about in another podcast in terms of writing your goals. And it is using that to achieve what you want. So if you want to be CEO of your company in two years, you write the goal like, in two years, I am CEO of my company and I accomplished this, this, and this to get there. So that's a tip for this week. I hope you have a wonderful, productive week and peace, people. 
Want free hypnosis files or to learn more about Dr. Liz, her books, products, and services? Head over to drlizhypnosis.com to get in on all the great resources. If you liked this episode, do Dr. Liz a favor and rate, review, and subscribe over at iTunes. Or better yet, tell a friend about the podcast so we can continue to grow our amazing audience. Lastly, be sure to send in your feedback to Dr. Liz at drlizhypnosis.com. That's D-R-L-I-Z at drlizhypnosis.com. We love to hear from you.